Welcome everyone to First Class Fantasy. I'm Theo Greminger and I'm missing Billy Muzio today. Billy's on a much needed vacation, but I have two really great guests today. I have Nando Defino and I have Chris Vaccaro. If you're a high stakes player like myself, if you play high stakes NFFC, FF, FFPC, FFWC, Nando and Chris's podcast the last few seasons has been weekly must listen. I know it is for me. I know it is for not a lot of people. Uh, I think these two guys are always really, really good together. There's a lot of ball busting, but a lot of great information that comes out. Uh, this has been a long time coming, Nando, for for you podcasting with me. I know last year you you had you had fatherly responsibilities. <laughs> this year it's 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 eased up a little bit. How are you doing today? It was great, man. I'm just very happy to be here. Thanks yeah, absolutely. No, I'm I'm stoked. I'm definitely stoked. And Chris, we podcasted together probably a dozen times at this point. I think mm -hmm. last time we got after it, it was me, you, and, and Nelson Sousa, maybe? Or it was you with the GOAT District? I can't even remember. It's been so many times. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Theo. And uh, shout out to Nando for blessing us with his uh, presence and making the time for us today. That was really sweet of him. It's a much more balanced video when we have we're three headed here. I think it's I think it's a lot better. So I really I, I really do appreciate that, Nando. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot today, guys. Are have you guys started? It's not just, a, it's not just an hour of Vaquero's ceiling and then his head all the way down to the bottom. It's definitely gonna be <laughs> it's definitely gonna be Chris focused. But but we're gonna get a lot of you know Nando. You ran pure last year, so Chris can talk all he wants. But you had a number of hits like True. Nando's Nando's dumpster dives really hit. Last year, I think you gave the you gave the world Curtis Samuel. They'd given up on him, and I think you hyped him up. I think Geno Smith, you were on last year, so I'll give you some props. We're gonna we're gonna definitely talk about Thanks. that. But guys, we're, we're we're you know, some people are waiting to draft till August, but you know, in the high stakes streets, guys are really getting after it. There's probably a I know I'm in a FFPC main event right now, a slow draft, and I know people are drafting underdogs nonstop. NFFC people are drafting every single night these days. This is like Fourth of July comes. And it's like people wake up. This is the time to make some money. This is time to get some builds in. How, how big is it right now? I mean, Nando, you've been doing this a long time. Is is this the biggest you've seen fantasy? Yeah, I think so. And I think, uh, like, like I mean, just an underdog, right? For instance, I've heard more people talking about underdog and new people, like people who don't talk about like their fantasy teams than ever before. And I don't want to like single out just underdogs. You know, there's some. But it just keeps growing and growing, I think, because people see how easy it is. And then they're picking up second and third teams. And it's it's cool to talk about it now, too. So, yeah, it's yeah. pervasive at the moment. Best ball has definitely never been bigger. I'll give you that. It's like DFS had its thing. And now, Chris, best ball is kind of taking over. And, Nando, you're spot on, man. I, we had Hayden Winks on First Class Fantasy last week, um, who does tremendous underdog content. And it's kind of like the the word Google. It's like we, when we say we're going to Google something, it's like we're going to look it up. It's become part of the vernacular um, for everybody. And now it's like the underdog. It's like underdogs kind of replaced best ball. But, Chris, you've been playing best ball forever. But how big yeah. is it now? Yeah, the, I mean, the, the industry is as big as it's ever been. There's more um, content everywhere you look, Twitter, uh, any, any social media outlet. There's so many more analysts trying to get into the game, establishing themselves. You can't go on Twitter without seeing scrolls uh, of just content. Now, um, best ball is, you know, you hear it day in and day out. Everybody's in their best ball tournaments. Like Nando said, underdog is taken over. Nah, you know, that's early in June into July. You keep hearing about it. 
online championship season in the NFFC and FFPC uh, is blowing up. You see the draft boards on a nightly basis. And uh, and now, you know, we hear Scott's Fishbowl is, is up and running as well. So there's always something to talk about in this industry. And like you said, July 4th comes and it just blows up even more. And we're well on our way to on our road to uh, the main events in late August and early September. And Chris, well, you, you hear the ice cream truck, right? I did hear that. It was. It was had to be the neighborhood ice cream This truck. happens on it a week. So Theo, this used to happen every week during the season. My, our show was pretty much timed perfectly with my landscaper that would come, and I would just hear the yeah. The maid, the maid would, would always leave. hear the landscaper. The maid, the butler would leave, and, and his landscapers <laughs> would show up. Listen. Theo, you hear, we're already off and running with this guy. Uh, let, don't let him distract you like he tries to distract me during our show. No, I, I love it, guys. I think that's part of the appeal of you guys podcasting together is you get a lot of great information, but you give an awesome rapport. And uh, we're actually going to uh, take a little quick break. We're going to hear from uh, from Underdog, actually. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about the Saquon Barkley situation because I don't know about you guys, but it's got me a little bit shook. And I know we're all New York, New York area guys here, and this is, could be like a depressing time for Giants fans. Uh, you know, around around the corner. So stick with us. We'll be back in a few. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February, and they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember Use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. Welcome back, everyone, to First Class Fantasy. And uh, yeah, the FFPC, Chris, I, I know you're you're mostly in the NFFC streets right now, but a question for both of you guys, do you always use the same team name? Because I'm seeing a lot of people going incognito these days with these fake me out team names. I'm almost always Greminger. I put my last name out there. I'm not hiding from anybody, but I think they're, you know, I know a couple FFPC players who are high volume guys and they'll do like literally like a dot. They'll do like the period. So like, and you have to go <laughs> on the owners to see who it is. How about you, uh, Chris? Are you, are you always the same team name? Uh, Theo, I've been uh team, the GST for about 15 years now. So I, I never changed once. And uh, you know, uh, I don't intend to, to switch it up. How about you, Nando? I'm boring. I'm like team Nando everywhere I go. If it defaults to Defino, I'm like NFFC, then whatever. I don't get too yeah, creative. I, Stands I, I, out, Team Nando. I, I respect you guys for doing that. I think it's yeah. I think it's a way to do it. And to the high volume players out there, it doesn't matter what your team name is. They're going to draft enough. Everybody's going to know the guys you're on. And you know, I always always joke with Chris. I'm, I always say, you know, before August first comes around, you can actually tell the truth because ADP is so so changing. So mm -hmm. like right now, you know, the guys you're on, your your little 
your little secret sixth round pick guys. He's riding in the fifth round any anyway by the time we get around. I just know it's funny because I'm in this this FFPC main event slow draft. This is my first one of the year. And I, I get a DM from, from Matt Modica, a great NFFC player who's in the draft. And he's got like a team name I've never seen him with. And he's like, hey, like your build. Uh, you know, I went with Saquon and Brees Hall. And I'm like, Matt, I didn't know you were in this. Matty Mo. Matty Mo's going incognito. <laughs> so it's, I think it's, a, it's an interesting phenomenon with the incognito names. Mm-hmm. But guys, I want to I talk up first because we're, we're all living in, New, in the New York City area. Um, and, and shout out to, uh, to Chris, you know, you can go, you can go talk football with him anytime you want at, at the, at the Gramercy street tra- tavern. Why don't you give a shout out to where, to your, your place, Chris is a really, really fun bar. Oh, Theo, yeah. no. Theo. Oh no, man. It's the Greenwich street tavern. Theo, come <laughs> excuse on me, now. Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Come on now you just plugged another place. <laughs> I apologize. I, I, no, I pumped no, an entire no. different tavern. Yeah, I just no, got a text but... that says, can you believe this guy? Yeah, yeah exactly. I did not. Theo, look, my hands, the, <laughs> <laughs> no phone in them. Anyway, Greenwich Street Tavern, yeah, uh, our 18th season, uh, their 18th year in business uh, down in Tribeca. Um, pretty soon, uh, next month, Theo, we'll have you and uh, the rest of the uh, high-stakes uh, guys in town uh, for our big New York uh, draft weekend. And it's always a perfect start to uh, kick off draft weekend where we all get together and have some drinks and uh, try and pump each other for uh, information on who they're going to draft the next couple of days. So I, looking I forward to that. I can't wait to see if there's going to be a cake for Billy Wazowski or <laughs> or will Nelson Sousa be drafting at the time we're all we're all talking yeah. and hanging out. Chances are. Chances, chances are, are Nelson will be drafting while we're we're all hanging out. Yeah. So Nando, we'll start out with you on this one. Saquon Barkley is getting deeper and deeper into contract negotiations and there's literally nothing happening. The word stalemate is being used. There's some reports saying that they're off by 3 million and Saquon's side doesn't seem to be budging. How worried should people be if they've already drafted Saquon? Should people be adjusting their plans with Saquon? Or is this potentially like a discount time for drafters and you think it'll all get done? I think it's a discount time. My gut just goes to discount. But then like there's that always like that little Le'Veon Bell back here on my shoulder. And all it takes is someone else to be like, that dude took a year off, got paid, you know, had fresh legs at least for a year. And then, then you know, went into oblivion. But I don't know, man. Like I, like, I guess you could also say like maybe – Owners made a mistake and learned from that side too, but I don't think he's going to hold out uh, like for the entire season or even into the season. I think he'll come back. He'll be ready. That's an exciting team that has playoff aspirations. I'm sure people are on him pretty hard and be like, dude, it's 3 million. You know, like, so I'm sure someone's talking to the Giants and be like, dude, it's 3 million. Get your running back Mm -hmm. out here, please. We're going to be stuck with Matt Breda, which isn't the worst thing. It's not the worst thing, but I mean, it's not Saquon. Uh, He's a Breda guy. Theo, he's a Breda guy. So, I mean, uh, everyone should be. Yeah. They, the first they, question. They, they offered thirteen million to Saquon, but the problem is he wants more guaranteed money. Yeah. Uh, you know, ten million. He, he's the, the organization has pretty much all the control and all the leverage right here. And, and my guess uh, would be that what's going to happen is he's he's going to take this all the way until the end of August. He's going to sit camp out. He's going to set the tone for the following year, saying, "Hey, listen, you know, you don't uh, don't try and pull this tag stuff again." He's going to wind up playing for the tag for ten million. And in terms of drafting, right now, you know, I've been having a field day in online championships, getting him in the second round. We see him going in the mid second round in most drafts. I've been trying to take advantage of that as much as I can this past month, thinking that in the next month, in the next couple of weeks, he's going to go right back to being a first rounder. What this does now, if he doesn't sign by Monday and he takes us all the way to August, we might see a full summer of Saquon mid-second, late-second. And uh, it's going to create a lot of value 
uh, when he shows up, uh, you know, after camp is over, he's going to pull that I'll sign right here for 10 million, uh, you know, late August, right before the first week of the season. It's my guess. I think Nando kind of nailed it when he said that this is a the take the discount, uh, you know, especially when we're talking about these large field tournaments and you're looking for an edge. And I think getting that sort of production uh, slightly later, I mean, even Chris, even like five spots in ADP can be such a massive difference uh, and, and yeah. you know, you've seen it over the years, guys dropping, people taking the discount. We saw it with Kamara before. We've seen it with Tyree Kill in years past. So I think Nando's spot on. Want to also just quickly, not on the show sheet, but pick your brain, guys. We're seeing Saquon. We're also seeing Jonathan Taylor. Where are we at on Jonathan Taylor, Chris? Because I think that he's kind of like, I know that there's certain drafters who see him at a certain range in the second round, and that's an auto pick for him. They think mm-hmm. it's, an, it's an unbelievable value. I'm a little bit in, in, indifferent because I think that maybe he has a little bit of a cap ceiling next to a running quarterback, and we don't know how much they're going to check down. So yeah. he's already capped as a receiver for me, um, but now maybe he's conceding five touchdowns or so around the goal line with, with Richardson. Where are you at with Taylor? Is he a guy that you're considering at, at ADP, or are you avoiding him? Uh, Theo, he's not one of my favorite second round running backs. You know, you look at, like we said, Saquon and, and Nick Chubb and, and even Tony, Tony Pollard, if you want to give him a, a second round price tag right now, late in the second, uh, where Taylor's going in, in that 13 to 17 range, I'm still loving getting those receivers, clipping one of those elite receivers in my eyes. So, you know, the Anthony Richardson factor Mixed in with the fact that that offensive line a couple of years back was a top three offensive line. And now it just seems like it's it's going down and down and, and, and falling apart a little more. So Taylor uh, is a little bit of a fade for me for this upcoming season. Yeah, me too. And and, and Nanda, where are you at on, on Taylor? Do you think it's a, you know, a, a Taylor beats expectations and produces like a top three back? Or do you worry that he's going to continue showing like a little bit like he did last year? Last year, the points per game went way down. Yeah, it was a disaster last year, but it's still like, like Chris said, like the line was so good. And now we've seen what he could do with even just like a mediocre line. And like, just flip it back to the Giants, what they did with, you know, they're finally shoring up their line and look what's happening, you know, with, with Danny Dimes. So like, I think the line in, in some of these certain cases, you can't underrate. I do think it has an effect on Jonathan Taylor more so than having the running quarterback too. Yeah, I, th- I think it's very interesting, but I know a couple of uh, a couple of drafters who are going to be like, at least at his current ADP, they're going to be 30 plus percent. Uh, we got into a little bit today on Twitter um, where I'll, I'll say uh, Chad Schroeder and I and I'll say Nelson Sousa and Todd Burroughs were all very generous with with the way that they treat their builds. But Chris, if you're going to do a high volume, let's say you're you're entering 25 online championships or, or so, some number or Nando, you're doing. 25, you know, best ball manias on underdog. Do you guys want to track your percentages? Do you think it's different for redraft? Do you think it's different for best ball? Are you, are you a portfolio guy, Chris, in terms of like treating it like a, like a business where I want to know mm-hmm. I have 30% of this guy or 18% of this guy, or are you like a value guy? Cause I think it's, you talk to some very successful drafters have very different ideas about this. Uh, in online championship season, Theo, my draft approach changes drastically from, uh, when main event season hits, uh, I'm going after my guys main event season right now in June and July, when I'm in these drafts, I'm trying to take the, as much value as I can. Um, 
I'm not going to go in every night whenever I'm drafting and, and take the same guys each and every time. So I'm not going to be overweight on, on one player. I'm going to mix it around uh, and have different looks. But, uh, you know, I'm going to have I'm going to look for the most value at certain positions right now that I feel the board is giving me in, in online championship season. How about you, Nando? Is this another underdog effect type thing for, for, for drafters? Um, but you start hearing the word portfolio a lot. Yeah, I, so I will have a lot of the same guys, but it'll be like the last five on my team because I'm yes. moving them up 20, 30 spots. So it's not like every time it comes around to this pick, I'm mm-hmm. getting Saquon every single time. The top's going to be totally varied for me. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like razor-thin margins anyway, and you're just spreading your risk a lot. But like, if I like some guys to break out of the back end, I could. there will be a bunch of teams with the same six on it. Not, I'm not doing it on purpose. That's a good point. Just, That's a good I point, like Nando. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you always find yourself your your you know certain players that you target late in drafts, you know, in that rounds thirteen through twenty, they always wind up you know that nice little sleeper, and you might be overexposed on that, but that doesn't hurt you, you know. Right. It's like Nando said, the first six, seven, eight rounds of your draft, you have to mix up the look a bit uh, right about now. Yeah, shout out to Ryan Links who posted his portfolio. He's maxed out the Best Ball Mania. Uh, I think that's one hundred and fifty entries that you can do this year in the twenty five dollars. So. He's a, he's a very successful FFPC drafter. And Chris, his number one guy was Robert Woods. He's got a like wow. a sick amount of Robert Woods. So big hat tip to Ryan Links for actually putting it out there um, and, and being being very, very generous with that. I, I thanked him on Twitter. Uh, guys, I want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you know, if you follow these these books, you've seen the the line movement for it went from yeah. Basically uh, a plus number to a minus number and a heavy one, like minus 300 right now for DeAndre Hopkins to land in Tennessee. How do you treat DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, Chris, do you take a, this is an alpha, this is a man who's going to command targets, he's going to be a clear number one, or do you have a little bit of worries about him in, in that offense? Um, so, Theo, one of the players that when I've looked at the draft board since, you know, in the last couple months that I was shocked at his ADP uh, was DeAndre Hopkins. You know, we saw him routinely, his ADP stated like in the middle uh, of the third round um, for a while now. Now you see it starting to dip into the 40s. Uh, I can, I don't even think that's good enough. I think it should be further down the road into the 50s and 60s. Um you know, if he winds up in Tennessee, it's an okay landing spot for him. But he, you know, a declining player. Uh, the speed aspect is going, and um, for me, DeAndre Hopkins won't be on uh, many of my teams, if any at all. Okay. And how about you, Nando? You do you think that uh, bet on the player or fade him because of the team? No, nah, it's not even so much the team. It's like Chris said, like, I feel like, and this might be unfair to him because they're two different scenarios, but kind of like the same storyline. Like we've watched Julio Jones be DeAndre Hopkins just like two years ahead. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like at some point, these guys decline. Salfino's done a lot of good stuff on that, on the decline of the wide receiver as they get older and, you know, they're a little bigger. Um, yeah, I just, i not excited about it, man. It just feels like a Julio Jones thing to me all over again. And I, I feel like I've learned that lesson. So then let's take a devil's advocate approach. Chris, if you're off of DeAndre Hopkins, will yeah. you take a discounted Traylon Burks? As soon as D-Hop signs, you're going to see Traylon Burks' ADP drop, I'd imagine, 15 spots from where he's going in NFFC. Are you into taking a younger player with who flashed last season 
uh, with with the with the news on D Hops. Yeah, I mean, I think it would help Traylon Burks. A lot of people would look at it as a negative, but you know what? It'll take uh, certain attention away from him. It might take top corners away from him on certain weeks. Uh, he can learn a lot from DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, maybe the targets will be less than if D Hop signs somewhere else, and Traylon would go, you know, back up to that, you know, top target guy but uh in this situation you sometimes see it work out for the better you know less targets but more productive on a weekly basis and uh you know i think if anyone's gonna get a little bit uh, of a of a bump down out of all these guys it would be chig uh just going down to the third option in the past game where you know a lot of drafters right now have fallen in love with taking him as their sleeper tight end for the season because hey you know when you could get a tight end where he's going off the board after pick a hundred and take a shot on a guy like him. That's going to see heavy targets as a, as the second option in an offense. You know, that's usually what I'm looking for in, in a tight end in fantasy, if I'm not going the elite tight end route. So um, Chig would be the guy that out of between him and Traylon that I would say, ah, you know what, he might take a little bit more of a hit. Yeah. I, you know, and it, we haven't seen a number two target in Ryan Tannehill's four seasons in Tennessee see more than 92 total targets. So if Traylon gets 100 next to D-Hops, he's kind of the outlier here. But I agree with you. It it really would beat up Chig and make him a very touchdown-dependent guy on an offense where they might not score a whole lot of touchdowns. Yeah. Nando, where else can we see him going, Theo? I mean, sorry to, to jump D-Hops? in. I mean, I think, yeah. I think I, I can see him in New England. New England. But we'll, Nando, back, Nando, you take though. this one. I'm where joking, else? No, I'm <laughs> I'll say New England. I think New England is always yeah. waiting in the wings. I don't think it's going to be as sexy a landing spot. I think Buffalo coming out and publicly saying we'd love to have you, but we don't want to pay you is right. weird because it kind of maybe puts a little pressure on D hops. Hey, do you really want to win a ring? But these yeah. guys got to make their last paycheck too. This might be the last big contract he gets in his entire career. So um, yeah. I love watching D hops. I think he's a warrior. I think he's a guy that really loves the game and he comes out and plays so damn hard. So yeah. I, I'll be rooting for him. Um, Nando, how about the big dog? You got. I think that that that's kind of the the maybe the maybe the winner of all this because the style the style of Tennessee is not going to change. It's a Derrick Henry offense, and all of a sudden they go from lacking weapons to adding a, a one who's been very successful. So even if you're not betting against D Hop's fantasy wise, stylistically, can it help the offense and maybe elevate Big Dog a little bit from where he's going? Well, yeah. Plus, I mean, the quarterback situation isn't exactly like set in stone. Like you don't know who's going to be back there. It's going to be. I mean, probably like my my hunch right now is half and half, and I don't know who the second half is going to be after Tannehill, but uh, like that's I mean that's just going to benefit him more, I would think. Like let's establish the run game, get that going, and then we can break it open with you know Hopkins on one side, gigantic Burks on the other. It's a uh, it worked for AJ Brown, you know, when AJ Brown was there, the whole deal was like Burks is like the next AJ Brown, and that offense worked fine in Tennessee with both of them there, with AJ Brown and Henry there at the same time. So like I. I don't see why like it's it's a proven formula I guess if you if you believe that Burks he's not AJ Brown but I mean like he fills the role nicely so basically yeah short answer is yes I think Derrick Henry is going to benefit again man he's got some wear you know he but he's catching passes at the same time it's kind of like he's making up for his deficiencies with these new elements of his game he's getting targeted and catching passes so yeah yeah Chris how about you I know you know this is a this is a sort of profile that maybe in years past you you could have faded an mm-hmm. older back with this much mileage, but he's going a little bit lower. You can get him in the late second in FFPC. Where are you at on Henry this year? Is he a fade or is he neutral? 
Yeah, you know, Theo, it's crazy because we've been burned by uh, fading Derrick Henry these last couple of years. Yeah, for uh, sure. And I'm raised my hand. That's that's definitely been me because I faded him. But I think with Henry this year is is if I if I wasn't there, what's the saying? If you're not there for the wedding, don't be there for the funeral. You know, uh, Nando, you know that one. Come on, help me out. It's a good. It's a good one. Yeah, it's I like, like that. that. I like that <laughs> one. So listen, a year, young, a year, uh, another year older uh, for Henry. If Hopkins comes into this offense, it's funny how I think all of our, uh, you know, outlooks will change for this Tennessee offense. All of a sudden, it's one of those offenses where if D Hop doesn't sign there, it's like ah, Tennessee. That's a garbage top. Uh, you know, bottom five offense. Now Hopkins, if he signs there. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, these teams got weapons. They got a good upcoming tight end, Traylon Burks, a nice young and upcoming receiver, and good veteran receiver on the opposite side. And if Henry could give them one more year out of production, this, you know, this could be a sneaky top half of uh, fantasy uh, offense uh, for the season. But Henry's another guy, Theo, uh, you know, that that late second round price tag right now. Uh, I'm just going in different directions, I, I think. I think Henry and Taylor – you hit on the two guys that I won't have much in my uh, portfolio this year. Yeah, I, I can I can see that it's the the low receiving upside, uh, mm-hmm. touchdown dependent backs, and you might and their old line. That old line is not what another. You know, I hate to yeah, Tennessee go right back off- to like what Taylor said, but you know Tennessee was a, a line that you could rely on a couple of years ago. Now it's not. A, you know, it's a bottom ten offensive line in football going into this season. Yeah, for sure. No, lacking the maulers that they've had in years past. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, you know, if you want to bet on that profile, just take Nick Chubb. I know you're a Nick Chubb guy, and uh, and and uh, you know, you you talked about him last year when he came on Goat District, and um, he's he's kind of in that range too. He's he's climbing up a little bit, but uh, you know, Nick Chubb, we like the quality of the offense. If I want a, a running back to bet on him as a touchdown scorer and 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 not a receiver, just take Nick Chubb. It's, it's that simple, right, Chris? It's that simple, Theo. Nando, take, where? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, no. I'll take I'll take Chubb over Taylor and, and Henry every day of the week in the second round. And Nando, where would you like to see Dalvin Cook land that would be beneficial to him as a fantasy player? Man, I don't know. At this point, like I don't know where he's going to go. That they're going to give enough of a share for you to be like, hey, let me like the old Dalvin Cook value. So. Like I, you know, you run through all the teams. Like maybe, maybe, maybe he's got to supplant someone. But like maybe this guy is. You know, it looks like he could beat him out, but he might be the guy still. Like, the coach might like him better. He might be a better fit for the system. Cook's less to I – mean, it doesn't take forever to learn a system, but still, like, I don't know, man. I, I think – no one's really talking about this, but Cook still ha- – I think still has those civil charges against him. And last I heard, there was a trial coming up this summer. Um, it's weird because it's a civil trial, not a criminal trial, but I, you maybe don't want to touch that for a little while. Maybe that's why it's taking so long and people are just waiting on it. But I don't know, man. That's, that's a mess. I'm still – even at like a, a super duper discount, I don't think I'm going to touch Cook at all. I think Theo. I think anywhere but Miami is a disaster for fantasy and for fantasy players. Uh, you know, right now we're we're drafting Dalvin at what we perceive as a value in the late fifth, early mid sixth round. Um, I would take him based- in the ninth. You're not getting him in the ninth in any. In uh, that's all good. That I will not pay. You know. That you, you, I would pay thirty two dollars for him in an auction. How about that? I wouldn't pay nineteen for him in an auction. You, you Nando, you're gonna get you're gonna get stuck with him in an auction. You're gonna throw out yeah, thirty two dollars. This is when Nando goes off the deep end, Theo. This is what What's happens. What's the fifth running back cost to you in a two hundred? I'll take Dalvin for forty eight dollars. And oh, all right, well, you might as well take uh, you know Nick Chubb. For, for, anyway, I'm just letting listen. you know. <laughs> you let Guys, me know in the ninth round. 
Brees Hall. Brees yeah. Hall has actually seen his ADP. It it went up when there was the optimism, and now it's come down just a couple of spots. You're, he's living in the third round right now in FFPC. Obviously, we have concerns about how much he's going to get coming off of injury. Where are you at on, on Brees? Well, Vicaro's a Jets fan. He can answer this one. No, Vicaro's a Giants fan, Nando. That was fine. Well, we're, uh, all, we're, all, fans of, we're all fans of the elite <laughs> fantasy production. Yes, so we are. So let's, Theo, let's hear it. Theo, Brees Hall, uh, I am going to have to see. He's one of the two players, him and Javante Williams. I'm going to need to see them and how they look uh, in, in mid to late August if, if they're going to get some preseason work. If not, these are usually the type of players coming off injury, the you know ACL tears the year before, that I usually fade. And at Brees Hall at a third-round price tag, although I don't think uh, that'll be the price tag come late August and uh, September, uh, he, he won't be on the, many of my teams also uh, just because of that reason. It usually takes 9 to 12 months. We saw this with J.K. Dobbins last year. He came back. He was there for the start of the season, wasn't himself. Usually takes that second season to you know go back to form. So that first year, I usually fade these uh, Brees Hall, Javante Williams-type running backs off the ACL tears the prior year. If they're going to beat me, uh, you know, coming off, you know, hat tip to them, but I, I would need significantly more of a discount on the, those type of players than where I see them going off the board right now. That's kind of like my problem. So, yeah, well, that's the problem. Like the way I play a lot, it's, it's split. Like a lot of players, I look like, what's this guy going to do for me in like week 11, 12, 13 and on. And I think Brees Hall, if someone picks him in the third round, like for most of the season, they might look like they made a huge mistake, but you sneak into the playoffs, you get that six. I know that's not how you play it in the, you know, exactly in NFC, like NFFC and stuff, but in a home league, like if someone takes Brees Hall in third mm-hmm. and, you know, he's crap for the first 11 weeks and then he turns it on because, you know, he's just past that point and he's good again. Um, he could lead someone to a title at the right time when everyone else is decimated at running back. And they're going to be like, well, I was a genius getting the third round pick. Could you believe it? He won me my title. He's a league winner. And yeah, it's, you, you might know, be three and eight, but you might be three and eight at that point when well, Brees Hall turns like it up in, in the back. No, I'm, I'm just saying that's, you right. know, I don't like to play that way where, yeah, of course, we're all going to draft him and think second half of the season, he could turn into last year's J.K. Dobbins where he looked great for the last six weeks of the season. But am I right. out of it? If I'm using a third round, fourth round pick on Brees Hall, especially in the leagues that we play in, Theo, you got to you got to hit the ground running. I don't have time to play games uh, and not use my third round draft pick unless I hit a grand slam in the in the eighth, ninth, tenth rounds with another running back. Um, so I don't like to play that second half. Oh, I'll have Brees Hall in my back pocket. I, I need him up and going from week one. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, Chris. I think that you have to know your format. If it's a if it's like a home league and you think you can get by, he's absolutely a hammer. But if it's something like NFFC, FFPC, that regular season money adds up too. You win a couple of those regular seasons, then you're feeling a little less pressure to, to try to hit in the postseason. So I'll say that that hits. And big, uh, quick quick shout out to anybody listening who's, you know, we get a lot of FFPC listeners. NFFC uh, ADP is free. You can go right on NFFC and pull up their ADP. I draft in both. I think they're both great. And Chris and I uh, mm-hmm. draft against one another, uh, at least in a couple drafts in, in New York City. And we'll probably do a couple more online. But we're in the New York Super, Chris. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that's always a really good one. That's one of the, the highlights of my summer. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. And and Nelson and I are due in that league. I'm, I'm putting that out there for the universe. It's our year. We've I been thought unfortunate you had it. with injuries. Yeah, I thought we did. I too, thought so. you had it last year, Theo. But, yeah. uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe this year, better luck. The football and then after guys, the draft, 
the Gramercy Street Tavern waits for you. <laughs> big apologies. When you have a guy like Nando DeFino, like a guy who's been this big a, a voice in the fantasy space, you sometimes you fumble words and, no, and come things on. happen. It's a lot of pressure, you know, on us younger podcasters, Nando. So, yes. uh, you know, I appreciate that. And guys, and... I want to I want to quickly keep going here. I've asked yeah. every single guest on press coverage, my new podcast, and First Class Fantasy this this question for like a month, and I think it's a great one. If you could know the final stats of any single player in fantasy, who would it be? What's that one player that you see having like a massive wide range or maybe one player that's production would open up others on his team? Start with Nando here. Where's one guy that maybe confuses you a little bit or you just could see going in many different directions? I'd love to know Michael Thomas. I think he's like, I mean, oh, that's a good one. It's kind of, that's really good. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, he's got, he's going to have an interesting quarterback situation. You know, he's been out for so long, but you know, it hasn't all been injury. Um, he's a very, he's, I mean, he's talented. He's still kind of young. Um, he's very interesting to me. He's, he's going at a spot where I kind of like, should I take, you know, yeah. like, and then I think he's at that spot where he'll even last like another round because so many people just don't believe in him anymore. Where you could be like, uh, now should I take him? Um, I'd love to know which way he's going to go. I love that I, answer. And Alave too, Chris. Yeah. Totally I, changes I, Alave. I totally does. And, and even a guy like if Michael Thomas isn't going to be there, does Raheed Shahid, does Shahid uh, get a, a bump up? Uh, that's a really good one. And uh, I wanted to say that because, you know, I find myself every time in that eighth, ninth round area staring at Michael Thomas and all my drafts and saying, you know what, if Michael Thomas comes back off this injury and gives us one more big year here, um, you know, that's bad news for Olave, but Michael Thomas could be a home run on draft boards right now. Uh, Theo, for me, my guy um, would be Tyler Lockett, and that would have a trickle-down effect to multiple things. Um, one, I want to know what Lockett's final numbers are, because does that – I want to know if DK Metcalf, if I could consider him in that upper elite wide receiver one range, like with those, uh, you know, early second-round wide receiver guys – because right now, DK is going at the end of the second round, early third. And right now, I'm like, mm, am I all in on DK this year? Or is it going to get spread around uh, too much where he doesn't live up to that, uh, you know, billing uh, on the draft board? And as well, uh, Jackson Smith in, in Jigba, who I love a lot, is he going to be a home run pick in, in that eighth round? So it would affect, I want to know Lockett's numbers to affect the other two wide receivers and also... Fernando's boy, Geno Smith, uh, going off uh, the board at QB 15 right now. He could be he could hit the board as a top 10 uh, quarterback in fantasy and be one of those late round quarterback home runs again uh, with all these weapons he has. I love both your answers. I think they're both very well thought out. Um, and I'll say I have a $350 bet going with Billy Muzio right now of Jackson Smith and Jigba finishing inside the top 36 at the position. Uh, Billy could have given me like wide receiver 31. I still would have taken the, the action, mm -hmm. but you know, he, he's very bold and very brash with his bets with me. Who wins the bet? Me or Billy? I think you win that. You. Yeah. I, I, Thank you guys. I like your Appreciate shots, it. Yo, bet on talent, bet on talent, you know, just don't watch us on the Billy Muzio show next week and see what we say. There you go. There you go. Well, this <laughs> is the Billy Muzio show. I know. Too, I'm joking. Though, I know. So, yeah. There you go. Um, so guys, I wanted to want to move over to draft strategy. Uh, yeah. Chris, you're one of the innovators when it comes to zero RB. You have you have receipts to show this. You had a lot of success back when people weren't really doing it. You embraced it. Now we've kind of reached a, a, a tipping point. I had Josh Larkey on press coverage this week. We were talking about the new RB dead zone. 
we concluded in FFPC, it's round four. With NFFC, with a third round reversal, it's probably about that range. But it's completely kind of shifted in terms of you have so many drafters embracing the wide receiver position. In NFFC, you kind of you get Mahomes kind of sneaking in there. Uh, FFPC, you obviously get the tight ends pushed up. But for the most part, wide receivers are ruling the land. In most underdog uh, settings and NFFC, FFPC, you're seeing like 14 of the first 24 picks in a in any given draft, at least going in the wide receiver position. Do you think that this is a year where you could flip the switch and go running back, running back, or are you going to get too jammed at the wide receiver spot? Uh, Theo, I could probably talk about this topic for the rest of the show. Um, it's that good of a topic, but I'll say this cliff note version. Uh, it, you'll be, you know, one of the one or two teams in your league, each league that starts off running back, running back. It'll be the unique approach. I'll talk in terms of NFFC drafts right now. If you're doing running back, running back uh, approach, you're forcing your hands pretty much to go wide receiver heavy these next rounds. And, um, you know, if you're in the back end of the first round and you go running back, running back, you're putting yourself in a position in the in the late fourth and fifth rounds where that wide receiver tier, that wide receiver cliff starts to fall off a little bit. It also takes you out of the mix, in my opinion, if you start running back, running back this year, it takes you out of the mix because you're going to be chasing receivers the rest of the draft. You're going to feel behind in the receiver position where you're probably out of the mix now in one of those elite top eight quarterbacks that I refer to this year. Probably taking yourself out of the mix for an elite tight end if that's another route you want to go. And you probably and you just, you know, you're forcing yourself into these receivers. Everyone is going into these drafts and seeing what's available at the running back position in rounds four through eight. And you don't want to put yourself in a position, you know, as much as everybody would love a Bijan, Saquon, a Bijan, Chubb, start, whatever combo you want. I don't think you want to find yourself in that fifth, sixth, seventh round and be on the board. And you're staring at Mixon, Walker, J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Jones, all these guys. And you can't pull the trigger on these guys because you're forced to take some receiver that you're not in love with, but you need them at this point. Okay, so with all that said, I'll say no, but. If you look at the draft board this year and determine this is the year to make your flex player an RB3, and you're going to start off with his Barkley, Bijan, just say, and then say, hey, I'm comfortable with one of those running backs in round six as my flex, and I'm just going to put it all together at the wide receiver position, then go right ahead. But for me, I don't think you want to be in those rounds. The value right now is at the running back position on the draft board. We do the hard way draft in the FFPC, which is kind of like my New York Super, but it's a it's a players championship FFPC. Uh, uh, Bebab Guatoba, Dan Williamson, uh, you know, tons of tons of great Austin Martin, Dwayne McFarland's in that one. And I started out with Bijan and Tony Pollard, and mm-hmm. I liked it. But you're absolutely right, Chris. You're just playing catch up. Um, and in FFPC, you're also playing catch up at the tight end position. Um, I've actually liked my drafts better when I've started out with a zero or at least a hero RB approach. Um, but we have a great question in the chat. Who's your favorite zero-ish RB1? And Chris, I'll also ask you to define this, because this is mm. like, I asked Sean Siegel the same thing when I podcasted with him. Yeah. Where, how do you define a zero RB start? Because a lot of people think it's, you know, I take four straight wide receivers and then I go running back. There's other people who are like, you know, go to hell. It's I have to start out with like seven non-running backs and then go run. Yeah. Back. Where do you draw the line and what it is? 
For, I mean, it's changed through the years, in my opinion. Uh, you know, back in back in my day, I don't want to sound like I'm 80 years old and stuff, but I, I would start off my drafts with three receivers, hit one running back that I think I could rely on in that fourth, fifth round, and then draft a whole bunch of backup running backs and wait for an injury to hit. Uh, to me now, zero RB, if I start my draft off with, you know, three receivers in the first round, that to me, that's a zero RB type of build. Uh, and, and I'm hit, trying to hit on guys in the fifth round. Right now, Joe Mixon, uh, to me, a lot of people, the whole fantasy community is, you know, split on him, I think. But I think right now, Joe Mixon in the mid 50s um, is a chance you have to take. Um, you know, you're getting a piece of that big time offense. I think one of the things that we do in this industry is we fail to miss, uh, we fail to recalculate their ADP once news comes out, you know, months ago, Joe Mixon, everybody was running scared of him that he had that incident at the house. Everybody thought it was a suspension coming, could get caught, everything like that. And he fell down the draft boards. But now as the season's gone on, the summer has gone on. It looks like he's, his role is going to be pretty secure in this offense. And I don't know if we've moved him up enough where he's not a crazy value right now. So uh, right now, my favorite zero RB running back, if I start off wide receiver heavy, would be Mixon in, in the fifth round. And uh, Ken Walker, you could say that as well in the, in the late fourth. I, li- I like that answer a lot. It's actually funny you say polarizing for Mixon. Billy and I both view him as an immense value. It's definitely corrected. I know Curtis Patrick, a couple of really sharp people are on him as a value. And then Josh Larkey comes on and, and thinks he's a definition of a dead zone guy because he's older and he's propped up. So there's some, mm-hmm. there's definitely, he's oh, definitely polarizing, but mm-hmm. we love the quality of the offense. And he had his career high in receptions last year. Where are you at, uh, Nando, on Mixon? Do you like him this year? Yeah, I hate to be like agreeing with Chris on all these questions and we're playing so nice, but it's okay. It's okay. Hey, when, it's all right yeah, now, though. When it's Chris okay. is correct, agree with him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's everything he says is right. And like, I mean, he's there at the right spot to grab almost to, I mean, like you can never do this and you should never do this, but if you draft enough and get used to it and go to the same place over and over again and you see it happening over and over again, almost reverse engineer and be like, all right, I think I can mix them right here. So like these are the, these are where I can give them my first four picks. You know, I can go a little more wide receiver heavy than I'm comfortable with because of Joe Mixon. I know he'll be there. And if I got to grab him around earlier, then I got to grab him around earlier. But there's always someone in that draft who's going to like Joe Mixon more than you and will take him in the fourth round and mess everything up. But, yeah, I like him to that degree where I would pursue him. Just will- two things, Theo, real quick. I, I mean, also, if you take Mixon in the fifth, I think you have a, you know, if you want to play it this way, if you're a little shaky on him, but you think that, wow, he could be a huge value, there's always a great out with Chase, you know, taking Chase Brown, uh, you know, 10 rounds later, just to cover your ass if you're a Mixon drafter. If he, if Mixon is garbage and you think Chase Brown's the up-and-coming running back that's going to take over, uh, you can play it that way. And on top of it, when we go with a wide receiver heavy approach, I don't need Mixon to be giving me 25, 30 points every week like I do a, a, one of these first, second round running backs. I need Mixon to come in, run for 60 yards a game, okay, on, on 15 carries and catch four balls for 50 yards, okay, each week. Give me my 15, 16 fantasy points and I'll go over 20 points when he falls in the end zone. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's the way I look at it when I draft my teams and I'm, you know, trying to figure out which, you know, running backs in those mid rounds are the safest to get me 15 to 20 points each week off a heavy wide receiver build Mixon fits that build for me. Yeah. And for me, I, I like Mixon. I do think he's come up a little bit. Um, 
and I'll say that I, I actually started four straight wide receivers in this main I'm in. I love getting Cam Akers. I can get him at the five, six turn in FFPC. And I think he's got a high volume uh, and a high potential outcome. I think he can give me 15 point per, points per game this year. Uh, and I think a lot of people have been burned on him in the past and just don't want to draft him. But I, I like him a lot. One other running back that I know you're on right now, Chris, and I am also on is J.K. Dobbins. I think this Baltimore Ravens offense is going to really overperform. And I think that the Todd Munkin effect is real. Where are you at with Dobbins? Talk about him and why he's one of your targets. Yeah, Theo, this is an eye test. And sometimes I say, you know, I preach that all the time on me and Nando's show is, is a lot of people, a lot of analysts, you know, they'll go with their analytics. They'll look at their numbers, blah, blah, blah. For me, I'm more of an eye test guy. And those last five, six weeks of the season when Dobbins came back off, you know, that cleanup surgery early in the season, he jumped off the screen to me. So heading into this season, getting the bump in an in a up-tempo offense that I think Munkin is going to come in and run, uh, you know, I, I think the sky is pointing up. I think he's a huge value right now in the sixth round where he's going. I think he could score double-digit touchdowns. Um, I, I like the competition that he has, which is not much in Gus Edwards. So I think he's going to be on the field a ton and, um, you know, you mix that all together and, and that's, uh, and that puts me in on JK Dobbins behind another, uh, solid offensive line another, another offense that you you got to concentrate on the quarterback, uh, what he's going to do opening up lanes in Lamar Jackson and JK Dobbins, I think could be a home run pick this year. I love it. Nando, what, what do you think about the Baltimore offense taking a big step forward in year one? Do you think that we need to pump the brakes or is this this enthusiasm real? Well, like if you follow Greg Roman and what he did in his career, like he would like produce like amazing running games. Right. And like that, like he was a very specific guy who's just like really good at making these running games. Monken, like I, I think there's going to be a balance here that it, like we, we are given enough credit for um, for what Roman was able to do. I don't think Mon can come in and you can guarantee like Dobbins is going to have a six yard per carry average or anything like that. Chris mentioned he's got Gus Edwards. The Ravens seem to love going back to Gus Edwards. And I don't know if that was, but they do. And that's more of a Harbaugh thing than a, than a Roman thing. Mon is going to be helpless. I mean, if, if Harbaugh is like, let's get Gus in there, man, you know, how much, how much is Mon going to be able to control that offense? If the love for Gus Edwards comes from the very top. Um, Odell Beckham's in there now. You know what I mean? Like they, they upgraded the, the pass catchers. Like you said, it's not just like the Mark Andrews show anymore. Um, I don't know, man. And you know, Lamar Jackson's still coming off an injury. Now, I'm not worried about that, but I mean, like if you're throwing in like the 8% chance that might affect him this year still, I'm just, uh, I think JK Dobbins, the way you hear people talk about him and gush, he's going to be the guy with the helium this year. And you're not going to be able to get him out of the third round. Like if like, he's going to be gone by the third round, I think by the time August rolls around. Um, put all that together and it's just not for me. I think you just got too many. Not, if he's on a different team in a different scenario, sure. But mm. all these things kind of just like boom, 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 boom. And like just pile up to the point where I can't pay the price that I think I'm going to have to pay for him. If, if he steams up to the third round, Nando, then I, I won't own much J.K. Dobbins. But I, it's hard. Theo, you know how this goes. Late August, or September, the receivers are the ones that get all the steam right now. And um you know, I don't see how all these running backs that are in the fifth and sixth round can move up so much more because we're a wide receiver, you know, we're a wide receiver industry right now. And everybody wants to get their hands on those receivers in those third and fourth rounds. So I don't know how much helium all these running backs uh, in the fourth through sixth rounds can get. Yeah, I actually think big the, the... preseason games. That's it. That's all it takes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, 
I think that there's there's some a lot of enthusiasm with the Baltimore offense, and I, I see Lamar Jackson like the tier is closing between him and whoever QB three is in your draft, at least in FFPC. NFFC, mm-hmm. there's six point passing touchdowns, a little bit more of a great equalizer. Uh, wanted to talk about offenses in general. Last season was a disastrous one for Denver. Finished dead last in points per game. You saw so many Denver stacks just crushed. Chris, I know we both had hopes for Cortland Sutton. We don't even need to talk about that. That one's like, we'll, we'll scrub that, that out. Was, that was my death kill. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. That's the death shot. I, I did not, you know, Sutton, you know, burned a lot of people. But do we see a resurgence in, in year one under Sean Payton? Maybe talk a little bit about Jerry Judy. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. We, as uh, fantasy players, Theo, we can't be recency biased. We can't say, oh, he burned me last year. I'm not going back to the well. Uh, you know, if you're getting good enough value the following year and you like and see a change, you got to go right back, you know, to that. And uh, that's the way I see it this year. I think a lot of these guys are undervalued. And that Denver offense, uh, you know, you got to erase the memory, the bad memory from your, your brain uh, from last year. They bring in a whole new crew. Uh, Tim Patrick is back healthy. Jerry Judy, uh, um, yeah, I'm back in on Judy. Uh, Sutton, uh, not so much, uh, Theo, just because he's done. I'm done. done. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, I just think they have so many moving parts. Um, I think they're deep, this team. I loved what they did with uh, signing McGlinchey and Ben Powers to come in, solidify that offensive line. I think that'll make Russ a lot more comfortable this year. And uh, with Peyton's, uh, you know, hopefully winning formula and system coming in, you know, I'm going to be buying in on this Denver offense a, a lot. And Greg Dolchich is definitely one of those tight ends. Uh, when I wait on tight end and don't get one of the elite guys, he's one of those guys that I'll be uh, uh, looking to scoop up uh, as well. I like Dolchich a lot. Nando, is Russ cooked or does Russ bounce back and return maybe low end? We'll give him a low bar here. Is he a low end QB1 this year? Oh, yeah. I think what you saw last year wasn't Russell Wilson. It was, you know, a, an injured, hobbled guy trying to play through pain with a coach who was like way in over his head. Um, I mean, unfortunately, he seems like a nice guy, you know, whatever. But that wasn't that wasn't Russell Wilson last year. Sean Payton is going to turn Russell Wilson back. in. The reason I like Geno Smith last year was because he had these weapons and I'm still kind of on Cortland Sutton. And so you got Sutton, Judy, you got Dulce. You just have like, of course you weapons. are. Billy Muzio is actually on him, too. Uh, it, like higher really? than consensus. Billy, Billy yeah. is like the one. There's a lot of pushback though. Not, not to like, we're like seeing well, well, we're seeing that a lot with failed wide receivers last year. Theo, that the such a discount. You know, look at Gabe Davis getting yep. a six round discount on him. Rashad Bateman, you're getting a six or seven round uh, discount on Sutton. The same thing. So yeah, but, yeah, but last year's darlings. What? Gabe Davis never did. Rashad Bateman never put up a good season. Gabe Davis put up a good three games at the end okay, of the season. Corlin Sutton's had success sustained. Fair point. I'm just saying that a lot of those Carol, third round wide receivers from last year that where everybody was loved going in on, you're getting them now in the ninth and 10th round. So a lot of people are going to go back in on the discount this year and take one more shot. It's not going to burn them like it, they burnt us last year. Yeah, right? no, for sure. And also wanted to kind of touch on, we always see this, like especially last year, was really amplified. Where if we just pick the correct offense, we see a number of ADP winners coming off that same team. Jacksonville last year, Miami last year, Philadelphia was a massive ADP winners, and there were a few more. Nando, what's one offense that you think could really beat expectations this year that maybe people are sleeping on a little bit? 
I don't know, like you guys tell me if they're sleeping on them, but I think the Steelers, uh, they seem a little more high power to me than people give them credit for. With, I guess it's if you like Kenny Pickett, and I do, but like I love Pickens. I think he's amazing. I still kind of like Deontay Johnson. I like Najee Harris. I like Freermuth. It just seems like they have a bunch of pieces in place that could click. And I know people crap on Canada a lot, but like Tomlin's never, he doesn't make mistakes. Like Tomlin's like an amazing coach and him actually sticking with Canada. um, That's kind of like the stamp of legitimacy that I kind of need just to give him one last chance and see what he can do. But I like, I I really think the Steelers are underrated. I don't think people give them enough credit. Um, And if you want to go deeper, I could probably say Atlanta. Atlanta is pretty electric to me. Yeah. I love I love your Pittsburgh answer, Nando, because you have all Kenny Pickett doesn't need to be like QB ten. He just needs to be like QB fifteen, and all of a sudden, two of those pass catchers crush their ADP. Najee Harris is interesting because the the number of catches dropped from the seventies to the forties with the addition of Jalen Warren. So, like Chris, we need Najee Harris to get back into like the sixties for him to make yeah. a huge impact based on where he's getting drafted. But I love your answers, Nando, and Atlanta. Nice. Like Arthur Smith is so beat up, um, but I think that you know one thing he's given us is running back production. He's got arguably the most talented running back in football now. We could do a whole show about Bijan Robinson. I'm 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 in I'm in Chris. Um, yeah. But uh, like if we just see consolidation for London and Pitts, they both can beat their ADP too because there's not a whole lot of threats there. Uh, Chris, any offenses you're really betting on to beat expectations? Uh, there's a, a couple offenses I love this year, but, you know, the one that I would point to is another AFC North team, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think they have the potential to be a top five offense this year. Uh, I think, you know, if Deshaun Watson. It's because his bar used revert, to be Browns bar, dude. That's why. Uh, there you go. He's got, yeah, he loves the Browns, that's, man. That's definitely the reason, Nando. That's sure. why. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, I, I, I like the fact they bring in Elijah Moore. I just think this team is deep. Uh, at the skill positions. They draft the kid Tillman. They're just deep. They have a lot of outs in, in this offense. And bringing in Elijah Moore to go with, uh, you know, David Njoku, who is a top eight uh, receiving tight end, in my opinion. Cooper looked like a legit wide receiver one last year. And, you know, a guy that's not getting the love on the draft boards this year, but because I don't know if people realize how good he was last year with Donovan Peoples-Jones on the other side. You're giving four. You're giving Watson four really good options out there in the pass game. If what Watson was good last year, Donovan Peoples-Jones. We'll, Nando, uh, Nando, Nando, Nando. we'll give you your flowers, Nando. No, don't worry. Not, you're gonna get. Like said he, it's not me. It's not me. Uh, it's you. Uh, it's you hated him so much and refused to listen to anything about Donovan Peoples-Jones. You called him Donovan Jones-Peoples for the first six no, weeks. No, I never said that. Uh, Theo, <laughs> well, not this no, is not what no. I got to deal with. You listen, called him is... Donovan Gramercy-Jones for most of the season. Anyway, Theo, back to the original thing. If if Watson now gets comfortable in this um, you know, offense, he was off for so long. He comes back. I'm not going to wrongfully judge him based on those last six games off the suspension. He had some bad weather games just getting back into the flow of it. And again, more weapons this year to add into the offense from last year. So uh, a decent offensive line and and a great running back, a top five running back. Listen, this offense, I could see being one of those offenses like Miami from last year that just takes off and puts up uh, 30 a game. And I like the fact that, you know, they didn't bring back Kareem Hunt, which says to me, this is a different offense. And it's Mm -hmm. Kevin Stefanski year three. They're chasing Cincinnati. Baltimore is going to be more high-powered. Nando's on Pittsburgh taking a step forward. I think the AFC North, weather permitting, is mm-hmm. going to be a more a shootout offense, which is really cool 
because that's always been an offense where when those teams go head to head, you're worried you're going to get like a 16, 13 clunker and yeah. it ruins your week. So this year, those I think days are over. over. Yeah, those days o- are over, man. They're over that, until yeah. they're over until it gets until it gets cold, guys, and then yeah. it burns us in the fantasy <laughs> playoff. Nando, yeah. you know, let's you, you can flex this one. Last year, you gave us Curtis Samuel. You gave us Donovan Peoples Jones. Who is your dumpster dive wide receiver this year? That guy that no one wants to draft that could be fun. I don't know, man. Like I was, I was thinking oh, about. He is humble now. No, it's not humble. Hey, I will please. I will, oh, there I'm there's pause to Vaccaro. I kind of Wandale Robinson, but I also like Isaiah Hodgins, and I do kind of like like Paris Campbell's getting. I didn't love him, but he's getting this buzz that I didn't expect. Um, Name some more Alex, Giants. Go ahead. That's the problem. Well, that's what I'm saying. The whole like, Giants like Wand- wide receiver room. I like Wandell Robinson, but I also could see like Isaiah Hodgins was in that offense last year. It was really good, and they kept using him. And Danny, he, he seems to like him. But then, like, I mean, even Kenny Galladay is still there. Um, but you know what? I went no, back to Atlanta. Gone. What? Galladay's gone. Galladay's gone. I know. Yeah, I just wanted good. to bring him up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like I like the, where your head's at though, Nando, because there's going to be like I don't I think the one of those guys probably is fantasy useful in New York. No one's drafting any of them, especially in like an underdog or best ball format. Like I've been yeah. trying to trying to pair that up. I like Darren Waller as well. Where are you at on Waller? Love him, man. I love him. Like, I mean, like that's and it's you know, they used the tight end last year. You know, it didn't if you go back and look at the stats, like you're just looking at they it won't look like it, but they did. And then um losing his name basically like his eye almost poked out and that messed Bellinger. up. Whole thing. Bellinger. Yeah, Bellinger, yeah, when you got the nasty he eye. He got yoked. He you got yoked this offseason. I don't know if you've seen him. Yeah, he's I saw that. I saw that jacked. one. He's definitely he's definitely uh influenced by uh definitely influenced by the Waller acquisition. He's hitting the weight room. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Want, wanted to wanted to uh talk to you guys about this one. This is always interesting. I talk about the money zone in wide receivers, and I always source ADP data from the NFFC for this one because NFFC is so wide receiver heavy. Mm-hmm. But the bottom of the wide receiver two tier to about the wide receiver four tier has given us massive massive fantasy wins the last few years you know you talk about jamar chase you talk about debo samuel in 2021 last year we can go with those cleveland browns amari cooper tyler lockett who you guys talked about earlier in the show devonta smith last year we are seeing these christian kirk last year you see tons of winners from this range chris who are a couple of wide receivers you like that are being drafted right now as wide receiver threes wide receiver fours and we'll give you the the very bottom of the barrel wide receiver two as a start, I know you like Hollywood Brown. Are there any others? And and tell us why you like Hollywood Brown. You've liked him for a few years, though. I, I, I love how you know everyone he likes. It's got to be because we draft against one another. <laughs> I mean, he might, he might, like he's like a team. Time, it's a good thing he's wearing headphones because like, it's so when, you get, when you got when you <laughs> have a twenty five, it's a twenty five hundred dollar draft. Twenty five hundred dollar draft. You know who your 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 yeah, your yeah, opponents yeah. are drafting. Hey, I can this. By the time September comes, we all know who each other likes, and it's just a matter that's of right. us jumping the other person that's to, right. to get them. So, but that's when yeah. if you're paying for twenty five, you pay twenty five hundred bucks, and you like you've got to be confident enough in yourself to be like, I'm like I'm gonna steal the Caro's guy. Like you don't do that. You've got your own guys, right? Like oh, I mean, I 100%. guess if you converge on a couple, but it, like all these people who are so afraid that you know, like if someone knows who I like, they're gonna steal my guy around it's all part of the game. It's only it's all part, of the, part of the game. Yeah. It's all strategy. Yeah, it's all for it's sure. all part of the oh, so you gotta mix it all in. Yeah, don't Vicaro worry. Vicaro made us write anyway. he made us write our draft sheets in um we had to dip a toothpick <laughs> in lemon water and then hold it up to a black light during the draft so no one could see what was on our pages. It was crazy. 
it's like it's like a it's like a prison deep in the streets. It's got a you got a, like a like a secret code and what you hold the lighter under some of our pages. Like yeah. who is it? What is that? Is it J.K. Dobbins? <laughs> Theo, um, listen back to your Hollywood Brown point before we go really off the tracks here. Uh, I've I've think one of the downfalls of me drafting uh, these past years is I'm quick to throw away uh, you know wide receivers in offenses that I think are going to suck to put it, you know, to put it loosely. And I think that's been a mistake and a downfall of mine uh, these past years. And when I go back in this year and look at the draft board and I see Hollywood Brown's ADP and he's like about 75 to 80 in all these drafts. And early in the draft season, I was like, nah, I don't want him. I don't want anything to do with that Arizona offense. But you think about it and it's like, you know what? Even these bad offenses, when you give them a clear top wide receiver, one target, these guys are going to get peppered 10, 15 targets every week. And if I could put that guy in as my flex wide receiver and and sneak out a, a seven for 85 game every week and, and hopefully a touchdown, maybe that's the, you know, it's not the worst, uh, you know, draft pick on the board. So a lot of people are down on Hollywood. A lot of people want to fade that Arizona offense this year. But for me, uh, I think the talent and the, the target share will be there. And um, I don't think if the season starts off with Colt McCoy for the first month, maybe throwing to him, he's a solid enough veteran to get him the ball. Uh, no D hop there, not much behind him. I know the kid Michael Wilson's going to be on one side, Rondell Moore in the slot, and McBride at tight end. That's not good enough for me to, not to, to fade Hollywood Brown as an elite wide receiver one target uh, where he's going off the board. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think that that's literally last year how people got the Amari Cooper, Amari Tyler Cooper. Lockett, Tyler yep. Lockett, and the year before Brandon Cooks. No one wanted to draft him; he was an even exactly. bigger steal. That's the thing I was going to say. You you took words right out of my mouth with Cooper and Lockett and DK. You know, if we looked at this situation and this question last year, those were guys that we were fading because of their crap offense, crap quarterback situation, and those were three home run picks right there. So it's the same reasoning I'm going back in this year and looking at the Chris Godwins, the uh, you know Mar- Marquise Hollywood Brown types. We're getting a discounted price on them in offenses that people don't want any part of. I love that. And uh, Nando, where are you at on – right now we're seeing the Tampa Bay big two wide receivers just push completely down, going – basically being drafted as wide receiver threes, um, and Evans is falling to like the back end of the wide receiver three. Where are you at on Godwin and Evans? Um, you know, we have indecision at the quarterback position, but these guys have scored a ton of fantasy points in the past. Is this a value or are you scared about this offense? I'm a little, I mean, like you're talking about a Bruce Arians offense before where they had a lot of success. You're talking about like guys throwing the ball a billion times. Jameis Winston was just chucking the ball wherever. And come, Tom Brady's next, you know, like not to hate on Bigger Mayfield, but I think there's going to be just a difference. It's going to be like a controlled, slower offense that's not going to be as exciting. It's like, you know, and I feel bad because I said, Geno Smith has weapons. Russell Wilson has weapons. I should be able to say Baker Mayfield has weapons. I just don't feel like there's just something in my gut that's not like that's not the same situation. That's not the same two things, you know, as as the same things as the other. It's I don't know. I I can't. There's something weird about it. I'm okay with those ADPs. I, I can't really champion like Mike Evans. You know, I'd rather have Michael Pittman. So, like, I'm just maybe it's a me thing, but um, I can't reconcile those two with Baker Mayfield and, and thinking of them as anything higher than third, fourth rounders, really. Yeah, think about Mike Evans, uh, you know, approach going into this season, his mind frame. He just came off of seasons where he was in the playoffs every year. He had the GOAT as his quarterback competing for Super Bowls. 
now he looks around. This team's on the decline. They're probably a four or five win team with a shit quarterback. It's like, you know, what motivation is there for Mike Evans to get excited every Sunday and go out other than, you know, I guess his own personal stats. I think Mike Evans is a candidate midseason to get traded uh, this year. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he winds up on an elite team going for the playoffs that maybe needs a receiver because he's going to be stomping his feet. He's going to want out of, to get out of Tampa, in my opinion. He's, he's pushing 30. He's done his damage in Tampa. He's made his money. It's like, let's move on and finish my career off. He's the perfect candidate for that, in my opinion. Godwin definitely is a safer pick right now because I feel like he can win low to dot. He's a target commander. Evans, you know, you're you're asking for red zone production. You're asking for touchdowns. Uh, that could be could be trouble. And Nando, great call with Michael Pittman because he's also a guy kind of in this money zone. Yeah. 99 receptions last year. Chris, this is a guy whose ADP dropped so much from last year. He was being drafted as a wide receiver one. Yeah. Now he's being drafted as wide receiver three after he had 99 catches. So interesting mm-hmm. the way the world turns. Let's take it up a notch. Right now, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson are being drafted as the top two wide receivers by ADP with Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup pretty close behind them. These guys are all locks for the first round. In 2021, though, we had Cooper Cup, who finished as the number one wide receiver in fantasy by a country mile. And Chris, even in a wide receiver heavy format like the NFFC, you were getting him in the fourth round, sometimes the end of the third round. I remember multiple drafts I was in where guys were passing him up for Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, his own teammate, and he just smashed. Is there, we don't need, you don't need to go that deep, but if there's a wide receiver kind of coming out of nowhere here that finishes as wide receiver one overall in fantasy this year, that's not among like the big five, who mm. is it? Start with you, Nando. Oh, wow. So Chris has some time to look smart. No, no, no. Wait, we'll, we'll, start, with, we'll, start, we'll start with Chris. No, I'll, I'll go like, first. Probably, I'll, I'll, I'll Garrett go first Wilson? You guys want. Is Garrett oh. Wilson too high? That was going to be my answer. You read my mind. There you go. All right, how about Keenan Allen then? Ah, I'll take a long no, shot at Keenan Allen. No, stick, stick with, with Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, stick oh, with Garrett Wilson. Wilson. I didn't want to steal it from everybody else. No, you're good. Uh, talk about how excited you are about Garrett Wilson, Nando. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. You know, what? I don't even believe in Aaron Rodgers. I was just trying to think of a guy who fit that mold. Like, you know, he's an exciting guy. He's rookie of the year. He's got the talent. Obviously, he's got a quarterback now. He's in a serious offense blah 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 it just all adds up i know a lot of people like him i really my real answer is tyree kill like is going to be number one like by a country mile i think that's a cop but, out that's he's, he's the fourth receiver off the board now yeah he's gonna be number one into the question i just did and then you go oh, oh, my God. Oh. Not, I'll, I'll say this Nando, please call me second good, 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 good. <laughs> garrett wilson and and tyree kill chris who who's a wide receiver one this year if it's not one of the very very obvious ones uh, well, Amon Ross St. Brown. That was mine. That was mine. Was it? Yeah. I said it last night. 100, 100 plus receptions last year, 90 the year before. He's 23 years old, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see either if, if you know, Nando's taking Garrett Wilson, I'll say either Amon Ross St. Brown or we can Metcalf. Both take Garrett Wilson. Uh, well, that was my first answer. I gave you a second uh, option. But Amon Ross St. Brown, just because the lack of other targets early in the season, I think Amon Ross could see 15 targets a game here, Theo, uh, in Detroit and, um, you know, just take it to another level here. And he can wind up with one of those 120-type reception seasons, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I know – and. I don't know if it's a little bit of a cop out. He's going, you know, early second round. But if someone's going to hit the board, that's not a first rounder. Uh, it'll be a Monroe St. Brown, I think, as wide receiver one. I, I love it, guys. This was a lot of fun tonight. 
Uh, we covered an absolute lot, and you guys were very generous with your time. We're over an hour here. Nando, let everybody know where they can find you. Well, I live in central New Jersey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. No, I mean, very funny, Nando. Nando going out with a bang. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know what? Like, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not a great – I'm honestly not a great follow. And uh, I'm really mostly editing The Athletic now. I'm not really writing that much. Um, so, yeah, I'm evasive on purpose. You can't find me. Don't come asking questions. Follow Nando on Twitter. I, I can't, not Twitter, so you yeah, can't, sorry, can't right. get away from it. Can't get away. And Chris from is it. only on threads now. From what I Chris understand. has just dropped Twitter. I don't even know what yeah. that is. I keep hearing about it. I don't want to know about it. And, and that's that. No Chris just posts Twitter. pictures of his legs on vacation on Facebook. That's all. Yeah. Jesus. Chris, oh, the Borgata and my legs. <laughs> Well, Borgata Flex is a fun flex, Chris. Don't don't let him make fun of you of that. It's a great place I, to I be, Nando. It is. I'm not. It's just funny. There's no post from Chris Vaccaro forever. Then there's like one dark video from inside the bar that goes like this, and then one from Borgata <laughs> that goes like this of all the dudes in the pool. Yeah. Trying okay. to find new scout, new bartenders. Quad season, fellas. Chris, uh, Chris, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, <laughs> Chris Vaccaro, GST on Twitter. Um, you know, pumping out some uh, fantasy information and advice uh, all summer long and uh, be back at The Athletic this year, writing articles. And, uh, and that's he it. Not to to another... minutes, though. That's because I don't want to work with you anymore. But, um, you know, if I do and I suck it Let's up a little else... more season, I will. And uh, that's it. So, Nando, you run a show. You know Theo's trying to get out of the show. He's trying to exit, and you just no, keep this talking. Is, this We're is, already this is over, man. Stuff, it was at 45 Lord. minutes. Yeah. If we were 45s, we're going to keep it tight 45. We're at 109, dude. It's... No one's no one said 45. I'm, we're, we're a solid yeah. hour here, but yeah. I had to give an extra 10 minutes here, guys, because this was so much fun. Thanks yeah. for joining me. Guys, everybody check out. Oh, we had uh, a lot of great shows drop on Player Profiler this week. Uh, definitely check out my episode of press coverage with Josh Larkey. That was a really good one. And check out the Dynasty Roundtable. That's one of our newer shows. Uh, they had Cody Carpenter and Maddie Kiwum on this week. They're, they're putting out really, really good content. And then look for us to drop a, a number of really fun shows next week. Press coverage. Sonic Truth is going to be back. And stick with First Class Fantasy. Billy Muzio will be back from vacation. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. This was a lot of fun. And everybody, enjoy your evening. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.